0: latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic
1: Drive
2: Time. Now, here's your host, Joe McLean. Praise, Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you this morning on this Thursday, August the 4th, 2022. Praise be to God. Good morning to you. Today, we're going to be talking about uh, Nancy Pelosi's visit to Taiwan. The high cost to the tune of some $90 million. Aircraft carriers, F-15 fighter jets to escort her there and back. Not even there 24 hours. But what was this visit about? What are the implications? What is China doing we're going to have that conversation with Dr. Hans Stockton, a professor over at the University of St. Thomas. He's going to be in studio today. Rare, rare treat for us to have in-studio guests. He's going to be on the program at 35 past the hour. Stick around for that. Also, do you remember the Iran-Contra affair under the Reagan presidency? Yeah, things haven't really gotten much better since those days. And, uh, you know, in Nicaragua... Uh, it's still a very precarious situation. The the president, who's been president, I don't know, I think he's on his fourth term now. Well, the bishops, they don't get along. In fact, the Ortega regime has violently shut down Catholic radio stations recently, and we're going to cover that story coming up at uh, 15 past the hour. In the top of the next hour, I ask the question, is hope on the docket for California? We're going to hold Rudy Carlos' feet to the fire since he represents all of California. It's true. But there could be good news there, so uh, praise be to God for that. Here's some news for you. China fired several ballistic missiles into the water near Taiwan on Thursday. This is something they did back in 96 as well. But again, we're going to cover that coming up at 35 past the hour. Hey, real estate investors uh, scoop up almost 10% of the U.S. home sales market. So that's corporations buying the homes in your neighborhood. That's always fun. Hey, uh, unfortunately, this is t- sad news actually. Republican Rep. Jackie Wolarski in Indiana passed away in a tragic accident along with some of her staff members. You should pray for the repose Of their souls. A $70 million Batgirl movie from D.C. was uh, shelved because audience didn't like the transgender agenda in the film. I mean, I think that's uh, hopeful. Praise be to God. Marvel would just put them out anyway. Uh, D.C. is putting them on the shelf. Praise be to God. President Biden signed an executive order Wednesday that would provide taxpayer-funded money towards abortions, Uh, but I don't know if he knows about the Hyde Amendment. Perhaps someone should let him know about the Hyde Amendment, and the fact that we can't use taxpayer money towards abortions. But at any rate, good morning to you, Carlos. Good morning, Joe. And as the self-appointed monarch of California.
3: The self-appointed? I will hold mm-hmm. all of them accountable. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. can rest assured okay. that they will be flogged and severely beaten. Se- severely? Yes. Okay. Good if Catholic they should way, disappoint though.
2: you. If, if they should. Yes. Well, the good news is I think there's good news there. Really? San Francisco may be turning a leaf here, turning a corner. Oh, well, what, I other, hope so. what other metaphors could I could I use here?
3: Uh, putting the needle down. Uh, uh, cleaning up Alexis? the streets. Yes, uh, that's exactly what's going on. Arresting all of the evildoers. Well, uh, let's not get ahead
2: of ourselves. Okay. Prosecuting the guilty. <laughs> and there, is, there is something to that, and I think this could be hopeful and helpful information. Again, we're going to cover that coming up. At uh, the top of the next hour, for those of you that can join us. Hey, uh, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and two. Speaking of putting the needle down, good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning.
1: Putting the needle down. <laughs> I don't know mm-hmm. what you mean,
2: uh, but
1: okay. Yeah. I think um, Joe's accusing me of something.
2: Uh, but, you speeding? Know, uh, uh, speeding. It's a car reference, right? Rudy? Needle.
1: Is it? Uh-huh. Is it? Uh-huh. Is it? Uh, uh-huh. No, was it wasn't. No, <laughs> sounds made up. I wouldn't sounds use drug <laughs> innuendo. Okay, okay. in relation to well, on a <laughs> completely, <laughs> completely <laughs> different note. <laughs> the, it is the feast of Holy Father Saint Dominic today, so. But we're covering Go, go to a a Dominican church mm. today and go and say mm. a prayer mm. to Saint Dominic. Mm. It'll be uh, it'll be a good day to ask for his mm. intercession.
2: Mm. Is it right to pass Saint Francis on and the way the good to the Dominican is Church?
1: That it's the octave of Saint Dominic as well, so he can celebrate for the next eight days of Saint Dominic. Is it, so uh, is it
2: right to pass a Franciscan church on the way to fact, a
1: Dominican? Oh, uh, sure. You can. You should pass up the Franciscan churches all the time. I don't Just know. never go in. Just keep passing them. I don't think so. <laughs> so I think that would be against canon law Do someplace. we even have a Franciscan church in Houston? Do we? I don't it's even know. St. Francis? Don't you guys have, have Saint Francis
2: of Assisi. Yeah, but do we have a Franciscan church? Um, I don't we think we do. To. We used to. Galveston was. Now it's not. Uh, So beyond that, I don't know. Yeah, there's none. There's none. That's so. sad. That's the good news. That's the <laughs> yikes. Anyway, time opportunity, folks. Anyway. All right, we're gonna pray. We have a lot to cover today. Join us if you can. Share us with a friend. I'd be grateful. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To Thee do I come, before Thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word Incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in Thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your headlines with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. Today is uh, Thursday, actually,
3: August 4th, and here are your headlines this morning. DW reports Chinese fighter jets enter Taiwan's air defense zone. Island's Ministry of Defense said 27 aircraft were detected. 22 of which crossed the median line of the Taiwan Strait. In response, Taipei dispatched air patrols and activated missile defense systems to monitor Chinese aircraft. China's actions are part of Beijing's response to U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi visiting the island this week. Pelosi had ignored China's repeated warnings against the trip. Once there, she pledged that the U.S. would always stand with Taiwan, in what could be seen as a hint that Washington is ready to support Taiwan militarily in case of a mainland Chinese attack. Breitbart reports City of San Antonio threatens to bus migrants back to Texas border towns. City leaders are apparently overwhelmed by the arrival of released migrants, who later used local transportation hubs to reach other parts of the country. Official correspondence shows a request to limit the number of daily migrant arrivals as local leaders level threats to bus them back to the Texas-Mexico border. One federal official even suggests piggybacking on Governor Greg Abbott's initiative to bus migrants straight to Washington, D.C. as an alternative. Reuters reports Dutch government declares water shortage due to drought. That's going to hurt the protest even more. The Dutch Ministry of Infrastructure and Transportation said that as of Tuesday, water was flowing through the Rhine at 850 cubic meters per second at Lobeth, which is the eastern town where it enters the Netherlands, which according to them is exceptionally low for the time of the year. They say, quote, we've been seeing it get drier in the Netherlands for several weeks now because of evaporation in our own country and very low river flows from abroad, unquote, said Michelle Blom, the country's public works and water management agency. Uh, appointed to oversee a drought task force the epic times reports real estate investors scoop up almost 10 percent of u.s home sales a new report just released by realtor.com reveals that investor home purchases comprised 9.5 percent of home sales nationally with charlotte north carolina leading the pack as the fastest growing investor market in the 12 months ended in april 2022 20 percent of properties sold in greater charlotte metropolitan area were bought by both institutional and individual investors. The other top five metro areas for investors are Branson, Missouri at 19.5%, Birmingham, Alabama at 18.9%, Summit Park, Utah at 18.6%, and Memphis, Tennessee at 18.5%. And those were your headline news this morning.
1: God love you. The saint of the day is Holy Father St. Dominic. And I have to cut out 20 minutes of this biography, just so you know. The founder of the Order of Preachers, commonly known as the Dominican Order, he was born in 1170 at Caraluga, Burgos, and Old Castile. In 1184, St. Dominic entered the University of Valencia. Here he remained for 10 years, prosecuting his studies with such ardor and success that throughout the ethereal existence of that institution, he was held up to the admiration of its scholars as all that a student should be. On one occasion, he sold his books, annotated with his own hand, to relieve the starving poor of Valencia. He tried to sell himself into slavery to obtain money for the liberation of those who were held in captivity by the Muslims. As a canon of Osmo, he spent nine years of his life hidden in God and wrapped in contemplation, scarcely passing beyond the confines of the chapter house. Passing through Toulouse in the pursuit of a different mission, they beheld with amazement and sorrow the work of spiritual ruin wrought by the Albigensian heresy. Dominic and his companion therefore lost no time in engaging their opponents in this kind of theological exposition. Whenever the opportunity offered, they accepted the gauge of battle. The year was 1208, and one of the Cistercian legates was assassinated. This abominable crime precipitated the crusade under Simon de Montfort, which led to the temporary subjugation of the heretics. It was around this time that he received the rosary from Our Lady and the foundation of the Inquisition by St. Dominic in his appointment as the first inquisitor. St. Dominic absolutely refused all Episcopal honors, saying that he would rather take flight in the night with nothing but his staff than accept the Episcopate. Pope Honorius approved the founding of the order on the 22nd of December, 1216. That makes the order almost over 800 years old now. St. Dominic spent the following Lent preaching in various churches in Rome and before the Pope in the papal court. It was at this time that he received the office and title of Master of the Sacred Palace or the Pope's Theologian, which was held by a Dominican until today. He died on August 6, 1221, promising his paternal help in the distress of his brethren after his death. The life of St. Dominic was one of tireless effort in the service of God. While he journeyed from place to place, he prayed and preached almost uninterruptedly. His penances were of such a nature as as to cause the brethren who accidentally discovered them to fear the effect upon his life. While his charity was boundless, he never permitted it to interfere with the stern sense of duty that guided every action of his life. If he abominated heresy and labored untiringly for its expiration, it was because he loved truth and loved the souls of those among he labored. He never failed to distinguish between the sin and sinner, and is not to be wondered at, therefore, if this athlete of Christ, who had conquered himself before attempting the reformation of others, was more than once chosen to show forth the power of God. After signing the Bull of Canonization on the 13th of July, 1234, Pope Gregory IX declared that he had no more doubted the saintliness of St. Dominic than he did that of St. Peter and St. Paul. Holy Father St. Dominic,
2: pray. For us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through 10, 1. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every infirmity. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, the laborers are few. Pray therefore the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And he called to him his twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every infirmity. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Remigius said, quote, But when the Son of God looked down from heaven upon the earth to hear the groans of the captives, straight a great harvest began to ripen. For the multitude of the human race would never have come near to the faith had not the author of human salvation looked down from heaven, close quote. Remigius. Jerome would say, quote, He first preached and taught and then proceeded to heal sickness that the works might convince those who would not believe the words, close quote, Saint. Jerome. Hilary, St. Hilary says, quote, figuratively, when salvation was given to the Gentiles, then all cities and towns were enlightened by the power and entrance of Christ, and escaped every former sickness and infirmity. The Lord pities the people troubled with the violence of the unclean spirit, and sick under the burden of the law, and having no shepherd at hand to bestow on them the guardianship of the Holy Ghost. But of that gift there was a most abundant fruit, whose Plenty far exceeded the multitude of those that drank thereof. How many soever take of it, yet an inexhaustible supply remains. And because it is profitable, and there should be many to minister it, he bids us ask the Lord of the harvest, that God would provide a supply of reapers for the menstruation of that gift of the Holy Ghost, which was made ready. For by prayer this gift is poured out upon us, From God. Close quote. Saint Hilary, pray for us. As Remigius says, we're healed not just in the body, but in the soul as well. Let's pray, pray fervently to send out the reapers. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. What's concerning us? Coming up next.
4: We are a young
3: and diverse generation, helping those in need and promoting human rights. We care for the environment. We embrace authentic
5: witnesses
3: and dream of a better world. Our passion comes from God, who loves us even when we fall and cheers on our victory. If you sometimes wonder, is there something more? Then come and see at CatholicsComeHome.com. Sometime
6: back, I had a chat with some Jehovah Witness ladies, and they made the assertion that the first Christians didn't believe Jesus was God. That belief was a later invention. But is this true? No, it's not. Leaving John 1.1 off to the side for now due to disputes with Jehovah Witnesses over its translation, John 20.28 records the Apostle Thomas saying to Jesus, which literally translates from the Greek the Lord of me and the God of me. John says of Jesus in 1 John 5.20, this is the true God and eternal life. Paul writes of Jesus in Colossians 2.9, for in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. It doesn't get any clearer than that. There are many more passages, but these suffice to show that the first Christians did believe that Jesus was God. I'm Carlo Brusard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers. Catholic.com
2: Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for being on with us this morning. We're glad to have you here with us. Praise be to God. Do us a favor and share us with a friend. Coming up... At 35 past the hour, Dr. Hans Stockton, Associate VP for International Relations and Engagement at the University of St. Thomas is going to be on to talk about uh, Nancy Pelosi's trip. Speaker of the House went to Taiwan, as we all know. What was was the, the deal there? Why did she go? What was the cost of that? I mean, $90 million was spent of taxpayer dollars. Uh, a battle group was sent to defend her, just in case, but uh, what is the real cost there and what's the point of that? We're going to have that conversation with Dr. Hans Stockton, so uh, stick around for that if you can. But, as I say, there are lots of stories in the news that are a great concern to me, and I'm sure they are to you as well. Now, if you're my age, you're just old enough to remember Colonel Oliver North standing up in his, you know, Class A Marine Corps uniform and... Uh, Raising his right hand, swearing an oath. Something about the Iran-Contra affair. Do you remember that? I mean, if you're older than me, you probably definitely remember that. If you're younger than me, you might not remember that. Well, see, here's the the, the quick and dirty backstory. here. We're talking about Nicaragua, even though it's called the Iran-Contra affair. See, in the 70s, there was a war between the United States and the Soviet Union. And, uh, okay, it was a proxy war, kind of like what's going down in the Ukraine these days. Uh, and, uh, the, the, uh, they had the Sandinistas versus the Contras. The Sandinistas were backed by communist Cuba and Soviet Union. The Contras were backed by us, but they weren't supposed to be. And that's the reason is because they were mostly funded through cocaine sales and the harvest of co- cocaine there. So, well, uh, as, a, you know, American public did not want to support an organization that uh, was funded by cocaine, so we had a, we passed a bill. You're not allowed to do this. No CIA funding, no Department of Defense funding. Well, then lo and behold, there was uh, a plane that was hijacked, and there were people that were being held hostage, and there was a negotiation under the Reagan presidency that uh, they would supply some money and guns in exchange for the release of hostages. And uh, the CIA took some of that money, most of the money, actually, and instead sent it down to Nicaragua instead of Iran. And it then became public. And uh, President Reagan was never actually found guilty of involvement, but many others, his uh, chief of staff, I think, Oliver North, CIA officials, contractors, they were all found guilty of this. Uh, but nonetheless, so that's the backstory there. Now, what happened was the Somoza dictatorship did fall. And the current president of Nicaragua was involved in that effort to overthrow that dictatorship, right? Well, he became president, I think, in, was it, 2006 first, and then, you know, he's been president for like four terms now because he's got no term limits. Did you know his wife is the vice president of Nicaragua? How odd is that, do you think? Hmm. You got a husband and wife team, basically a ruling this country with an iron fist. So, in since 2018, there's been lots of political demonstrations. The people are like kind of sick of all of this, and 400 protesters were killed at the hands of police and paramilitary organizations trying to suppress the protests in Nicaragua since 2018. Well, in all of the melee of this backstory, you have the. Catholic bishops in Nicaragua who have been at odds with this government. Well, this government has now cracked down quite severely, in fact. And here's an article out of the National Catholic Register. It says, Ortega regime in Nicaragua violently shuts down Catholic radio stations. Here's the article. Nicaraguan police broke into Divine Mercy Parish the night of August the 1st in the town of Sabaco in the diocese of uh, Matagalpa, to shut down one of five Catholic radio stations closed on Monday by the Daniel Ortega regime. On Facebook, the parish broadcasts live the arrival of the police at the parish doors, as well as their entry by force. The Catholic channel in Savako also broadcasts live the police raid on the infant Jesus of Prague Chapel. The station reported that the officers fired shots into the air and launched tear gas canisters to drive away the people that came out to support Father and the director, who is the director of the media outlet. Quote, we ask brothers, please join us in prayer. All those who are at their homes at this time, please, we ask you to kneel down, light a candle in front of the image of the Virgin Mary. May she protect us with her heavenly mantle, close quote, the announcer said on the radio. The Diocese of Matagalpa, whose bishop, Ronaldo Alvarez, is one of the most critical of the government, reported that the country's regulatory agency, the Nicaraguan Institute of Telecommunications and Postal Services, uh, Telcor, notified him on Monday of the closure of Radio Hermanos. Quote, at this time, we have been informed that they have also closed Our Lady of Lourdes radio, Our Lady of Fatima radio, Radio Alines, uh, and uh, Mount Carmel radio, the bishop announced in his statement. The bishop said Telcor's argument for closing Radio Hermanos is, quote, that since January 30th, 2003, we haven't had a valid operating license, close quote. However, the diocese said that on June the 7th, 2016, quote our bishop Ronaldo Alvarez personally presented documentation, close quote. Before uh, before said institution to request the current operating license for R- Radio Hermanos, Our Lady of Lourdes Radio, Our Lady of Fatima, Mount Carmel, St Lucy Radio, Catholic Radio in Sabaco and St Joseph Radio. The diocese noted that his request was never answered. All this documentation is available uh, to Telcor and the national and international community, the bishop added. During a mass celebrated last night, Bishop Alvarez denounced that, quote, practically Telcor has canceled all radio stations in our diocese, close quote. All our radio stations have been closed, but they won't silence the word of God, the bishop stated. Now, this is interesting to me for a number of reasons. Why? Because we're obviously a Catholic radio station, a uh, Catholic radio apostolate. Uh, we are broadcasting right now across 50 Catholic radio stations on the Guadalupe Radio Network and the Station of the Cross in major markets across the United States, Boston and Buffalo and Washington, D.C. and Dallas and Houston and more. And uh, we're very grateful for the opportunity to speak to you about the biggest issues of our day and our time, to give a Catholic perspective on the news. and um, We also live-stream our content right now on many social media platforms. We're on YouTube right now, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook in a couple of places, we're on Rumble, Odyssey, LinkedIn, and we cross-post to a bunch of other sites. So we are live-streaming our content. Now, we've been saying this, if you've been listening any time over the past uh, year, you've probably heard me rant about this censorship that we have routinely had to endure at the hands of big tech oligarchs, right? Uh, so YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook, notorious for uh, you know, not giving us an audience. Not giving us the ability to have conversation candid conversations about the big issues of the day you 're not allowed to talk about election results or vaccine mandates you 're not allowed to talk about a lot of these things uh, the The censor overlords just don 't allow for that so it 's fascinating to me in a modern world how powerful Catholic radio actually is. I get to have conversations on the radio that i 'm not allowed to have on the Internet. That's, just let that sink in for a second. And then think about your own use of Catholic radio in your own life. Now bring that up to say this, it's a precious gift that could go away in a heartbeat just like it has in Nicaragua. Essentially the bishops are being prevented in Nicaragua from, a, from reaching the masses. So is there a plan when we don't have access to radio television, which, by the way, the article also goes on to state that how they shut down the television station there as well, the Catholic te- uh, television station. So you're not allowed to, t- to reach the masses through radio. You're not allowed to reach the masses through television. It's as easy as a mouse click to prevent you from having any audience whatsoever through digital content on the social media platforms because, Why? Because there are no viable alternatives that allow you to reach the masses besides the big ones, right? It just, I mean, you go to China where they don't allow Facebook and things like that. They got their own. But guess who runs that? China does. (laughs) So they control completely the narrative. So what's the plan if you don't have access to the masses through the traditional or even the new or the old uh, means of mass communication? Do we have a plan for this? I would imagine that we may have to seriously consider some old school ways, some old school technology, because ultimately our one mission, as the gospel indicates today, when our Lord called the 12 and sent them out, is to preach the gospel, is to try to convert people and to make disciples of all nations. So we're talking printing presses. Yeah, you may not go to the, you know, to the local printing press shop that, Is the commercial outlet where you're going to pay them to print your thing? Because they may not. I mean, they just may not do that. Who knows these days corporations cooperate with these agendas like, good grief, they're not even being coerced. They're just doing it of their own free will. So we may have to buy printing presses again. We may have to do what our good friend St. Maximilian Kolbe, friend of the show, we may have to do what he did and buy his own printing presses and train his friars to print these materials. In 1939, uh, in, uh, outside Warsaw, in Nipokolonov, in the largest monastery in the history of the world, more than 700 friars were printing the Night of the Immaculata in millions of copies in multiple languages distributed all over Europe and into Japan and beyond. It's an amazing thing that was done by this man. The local press could not compete with his entrepreneurship, his ingenuity. And they would cry foul, hey, this guy's got cheap labor, uh, it's not fair, it's not fair. So they took away his distribution system of using their, their paperboys and their kiosks. What did Max do? He built his own. He said, fine, I won't play your game, I'll do it my way. Or more importantly, I'll do it our lady's way. So this is what I bring up today when I bring up this story that in a country that is struggling like Nicaragua right now by the way Nicaragua is is, uh, crunched in there between Costa Rica and Honduras just to give you Central America is what we're talking about here this is a country that has now for many decades been struggling you know between communism socialism just plain old dictatorship and beyond the bishops have a difficult task ahead of them do they oppose this oppressive government and do they preach the good, the true, and the beautiful in spite of the consequences? Or do they go along to get along? I'm at least, I'm, I could say this, I am proud uh, that, to know that this bishop has been speaking out. He has been uh, opposing this government and uh, is making it known that they are oppressing the Catholic Church from reaching the masses there. So in your own world, dear listener, I want you to, to today to appreciate what you have available to you you have Catholic Radio. And you're like, but I listen online all the time. Support your local Catholic Radio station. Support the means by which we can communicate to you clearly. Have candid conversations. Because it could be gone in the blink of an eye. And times can get a lot worse. Trust me, they could. So let's be grateful today for this gift of Catholic Radio. We'll be right back. We have more breaking news and stories. And we're going to talk Taiwan. That's coming up next.
8: sex power they're all endlessly enticing but never fulfilling they always lead to a dead end materialism cannot satisfy pleasure loses its pleasure and most people figure that out and in desperation they look anywhere for help except to the church. They look to Eastern philosophies, to spiritualism, to strange new religions, but there's only one answer to their eternal questions. They deny it, they dance around it, they run from it, but they won't try the one thing that works. They won't try it because they know what it costs everything. It means taking up your cross and following Jesus in all things. G.K. Chesterton says, the Christian ideal has not been tried and found wanting, it has been found difficult and left untried. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org.
3: Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired, and now more headlines. Breitbart reports Ministry of Truth. Wikipedia adds editing restrictions to protect article on recession. Wikipedia is introducing restrictions to prevent new and unregistered users from editing the article about economic recession. The online encyclopedia, which has demonstrated its leftist bias on on many occasions, became the subject of intense criticism last week after editors made dozens of changes to the recession article, to de-emphasize the broad consensus definition of a recession, which is the two consecutive quarters of ne- negative GDP growth, instead of parroting the Biden administration's talking point saying otherwise. The Commerce Department announced last week that the nation's economy shrank for the second quarter in a row, which many experts believe constitutes a recession. Justin News reports FBI lists Ashley Babbitt and Second Amendment and Betsy Ross flag to terror symbols guide. A leaked internal FBI guide about violent extremism lists the Second Amendment, the Betsy Ross flag, and January 6 protester Ashley Babbitt, who was killed by Capitol Police, as domestic violent terrorism symbols used by militant extremist groups in the United States. The guide, provided by an FBI whistleblower to the investigative media organization Project Veritas, says the symbols are used by anti-government or anti-authority violent extremists. The leak arrived after Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley last week warned that if recent accusations of political bias in the FBI are true, it will show that the federal law enforcement agency is substantially corrupted. And LifeSite reports Christian female soccer player chooses to sit out match rather than wear an LGBT jersey. Jaylene Daniels, a defender for the North Carolina Courage team, chose to sit out during a July 29th National Women's Soccer League game, rather than to don a pride jersey her team was scheduled to wear. Jalene will not be registered, or rostered tonight rather, as she has made the decision not to wear our pride jersey, the team said in a statement. While we're disappointed in her choice, we respect her right to make that decision for herself. According to Breitbart News, in 2017, Daniels turned down an offer to play for the U.S. Women's National Team, as she would be expected to wear a pride jersey back then. I felt so convicted in my spirit that it wasn't my job to do this, to to wear this jersey, she said in a 2018 interview. I gave myself three days just to seek and pray and determine what he was asking me to do in this situation. I knew in my spirit I was doing the
2: right thing. I knew I was being obedient. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. Uh, We all know we've seen the headlines. Uh, Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House, recently visited Taiwan in a uh, sort of a a big headline splash there. Uh, Ninety-some million dollars reportedly have been spent to ensure her safety. While she was there, taxpayer funds. And to discuss this, we've invited Dr. Hans Stockton. He is the Associate Vice President for International Relations and Engagement at the University of St. Thomas. Here in our neck of the woods, good morning to you, Dr. Stockton. Good morning, and blessings to you and your listeners. Yeah, praise be to God. We're glad you came in this morning. Thank you for doing that. Um, this is a bi- kind of a big deal. Um, and there was a lot of people very nervous about what could this mean uh, so let's start with this. Why do you think she went there? What do you think her, I mean, she did put out a statement, but what do you think's going on with this trip?
9: Well, with tensions rising between Taiwan and China, uh, much smaller so in the last several years, the last several months even, uh, it, Speaker Pelosi felt that she needed to signal to China, the U.S. Congress's resolve, and signal to Taiwan uh, the same kind of resolve to maintain stability in the strait and to prevent Chinese aggression.
2: You know, um, but one part of it though that's very confusing. Is there seems to be a, a sort of a talking out of both sides of the mouth when it comes to what what uh, the United States is saying is their support for Taiwan and their actions. So on one side they say, "Oh, we don't we don't support them being independent," and then on the other, "We're going to defend you." uh you know on one hand we we don't want to upset the arms. status quo and then on the other but we're going to spend 90 million dollars have a warship and and uh and fighter aircraft to come in there and make sure we can visit for a few hours it's a it's kind of a hypocritical statement don't you think
9: well, I wouldn't say hypocritical. Uh, ambiguous is the term uh, most often used to refer to the the American military commitment to Taiwan's uh, sovereignty, protecting whatever sovereignty it does enjoy. Mm. Uh, this relationship is governed by the three communiques, the Taiwan Relations Act and Ronald Reagan's six assurances. And basically it says resolution of this sovereignty dispute that goes all the way back to the Chinese Civil War 1945-1949 needs to be resolved by the people involved. The U.S. is not going to mediate. We're not going, we don't want to uh, escalate to a military uh, situation that would be disruptive. You can only imagine to global trade, maritime shipping, air traffic, economies all over the world. And so the U.S. has purposely been very ambiguous about what exactly we'll do because of which particular reasons. We never wanted to give the Taiwanese an excuse to declare outright uh, independence and separation from what's generally considered the Chinese state. Um, But at the same time, we didn't want the Chinese and uh, communist Chinese to understand exactly where they can push us and what they can do and what they could expect. It's worked since uh, the establishment of uh, U.S. Uh, PRC relations in 1979. It's coming to an end, though, that ambiguity. And, and so specificity is something we're going to be seeing much more of. Do you, do you see anything in the timing of Nancy Pelosi's trip? Well, um, so from the American perspective, uh, and obviously tensions have grown. Uh, the U.S. Congress, by the way, is I mean, this issue of Taiwan and support is one of the most bipartisan supported issues in the American Congress. I mean, uh, we've been passing legislation, resolutions, and various acts uh, uh, on a frequent basis out of Congress. Uh, And so, again, the the visits indicated uh, is meant to indicate, you know, continued and increasing support for Taiwan. We have the U.S. midterms coming up. The Democrats are looking for... Whatever victories they can, uh, and, and of course foreign policy is one of those they can make strong statements. Uh, but the mistake was that the Communist Party, or the I should say the PRC, has their uh, uh, People's Congress coming up in the next couple of months. Uh, this only happens every five years. It's it's when uh, the representative function of a one-party state happens. And the Chinese are very sensitive about anything the United States does in the coming months. And so they perceive this, the timing of this, as, a, as an additional jab to remind Xi Jinping uh, about his limitations. Well, Xi Jinping's not in the mood to be reminded of any limitations. <laughs> and so I, I wish, you know, when, when Pelosi's uh, initial trip back in April had been canceled because of, uh, I guess, her, her COVID that her staffers maybe would have spent a little more time doing some homework about maybe it should be September or October after the uh, the party congress. It might not have been as uh, inflammatory.
2: I saw reports out that, uh, that most of the residents of Taiwan, I think it was like to the tune of 60 some percent. and I don't have the number in front of me, but it was something on the, along those lines, did not approve of Nancy's trip in. They thought it was going to cause them more harm than good.
9: Well, uh, you know, we, we have complaints in our own country about the media bias. Uh, in Taiwan, it's no different. It might even be worse. So you really have to be careful about which station uh, or w- what's the source of the survey, uh, because uh, sometimes, um, well, let's just say it's less than scientific or rigorous. Um, most I could tell you the, the folks that I've known for 30 years and been working with in Taiwan uh, are are thankful of of u s support they they appreciate pelosi 's visit, but they also know if the these Chinese war games that are unfolding quote unquote as a as a result of pelosi 's visit man those war games would have happened next month or two months from now or whoever's next visit the Chinese have the capacity they were looking for a pretext now unfortunately, we gave them one, but anything we would have done any next visit would have been the last straw that insulted the Communist Party's dignity, and they would have launched the same war games. So, you know, mm-hmm. pay me now, pay me later. Uh, so be careful with those surveys out of Taiwan. The folks that I know are very thankful and very appreciative.
3: I think it's uh, I think it's true that, that terms are de- being defined in these days because you're seeing um, a somewhat of an expansion in, in that area of the world where China is building islands, for example, mm-hmm. to launch aircraft and that sort of thing. Uh, do you see that maybe there's going to be an escalation in the near future with uh, between China and the United States and, and our partners?
9: Well, I mean, all you have to do is go back to the last party Congress in 2017. Xi, uh, Xi Jinping told us exactly what he wanted for China. I mean, uh, mm. just, you know, have your viewers can, can Google uh, the Chinese dream or Chinese rejuvenation. All the sons and daughters of the great Chinese civilization will finally come together. Uh, We will, you know, resolve all, you know, uh, territorial disputes remaining from the colonial uh, century of humiliation. China will become a global power. We will take leadership, global leadership. The first time any Chinese leader had ever said anything like that since 1949 when the country or the People's Republic of China was founded. So, again... It's inevitable. The Chinese are on the rise. They do not see themselves living in harmony with the United States and our purposes. And we have to think about our national security and national interest the same way the Chinese are. And there's going to be increasing uh, conflict.
2: Yeah, I think there's some. Uh, uh, there are though a lot, uh, some fallout on this that I think is uh, of interest or concern. I would say, but we're we're up against a hard break here. They did fire missiles, uh, which what they did that back in '96 as well. It's mm-hmm. uh, sort of a, a, a reprisal. They saw, they fired four missiles yesterday near Taiwan. But I think there's another concern that they could move. And I want to get your opinion on this when we come back from this quick break. They might move on uh, some uh, Taiwan-controlled islands that are much closer to mainland China. I want to talk about that and a lot more about the consequences and the fallout and the context behind Nancy Pelosi's visit to Taiwan right after this very quick break. Don't go anywhere. Kevin drive Time, will be right back. Do us a favor. Share us with a friend.
10: Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Have you ever replaced pronouns in the Bible such as who, whom, whosoever, ye, you, etc., and replaced those words with your name and therefore you personalize the Bible to yourself? Do you do that? Is that a safe way to read the Bible? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, Bible complexity. Mechanics study motors, architects study design, linguists study syntax, but for the most part Christians don't study the how-tos of safe biblical interpretation Called hermeneutics. Secondly, Aquinas. In the Summa, we see the caution. Aquinas says of the Bible, quote, The manner of its speech transcends every science because in one and the same sentence, while it describes a fact, it reveals a mystery. And thirdly, a tough comeback. I know it seems plausible to simply say the Bible is a love letter straight from God to humanity. But wait a minute. A sentence or a paragraph in a love letter has context. Yes, with great caution, we can personalize some context. But remember, when you're at the central figure in the Bible, God isn't. And that's just wrong.
6: Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We're currently cruising at 39,000 feet. We'll turn that seatbelt sign off for you and let you move about the cabin. Looks like we're about two hours and ten minutes from landing. Plenty of time for you to do some Bible reading.
8: Wouldn't it be great if everyone read the Bible regularly? Why not start today? A friendly suggestion
3: from Guadalupe Radio
2: Network. be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClendon. Good to be on with you. We're talking about uh, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi visiting Taiwan to the tune of 90 million taxpayer dollars to make sure she made that trip in less than 24 hours safely. Uh, and uh, to discuss this, to give us that uh, context, that background, Dr. Hans Stockton, Associate VP for International Relations and Engagement at the University of St. Thomas's, joining us once again. Uh, good morning to you and welcome back to the program. Um, one of the things I think is in a good point to put on to the conversation today is, you know, from China's perspective, now, I am no fan of Xi Jinping, communism, or any of the other shenanigans that come out of China. However, if. If the American military might was on my doorstep, I would feel intimidated by that. And I don't think you can just ignore that. You'd have to do something. Uh, if, if, for instance, China pulled up to uh, Puerto Rico, uh, Guam. Hawaii. Mm-hmm. We'd be like, no, that's not going to work. We're going to do something about that, right? Um, so I can understand that from that perspective. But nonetheless, there's lots of, as you indicated in the last segment, lots of political shenanigans that have been going on for decades. But you know, here's the thing, though. They have amassed, and I wonder, and I'd like to get you to comment upon this. They have amassed in Jingmeng uh, tanks and amphibious vehicles, which is really a stone's throw away from these tiny little islands that Taiwan controls they could very easily cross this little body of water and hit those two tiny islands without the main body of Taiwan being involved and take them probably very quickly. Mm. Would that be and some are saying that might be the reprisal that we could see in the coming days. What do you think about that?
9: Well yeah, there are are, uh, two particular populated islands uh, that are very close to the Chinese mainland Uh, and and a concerted effort by the People's Liberation Army uh, would take those islands very quickly. Uh, now that that you know that would be it. The gloves are off, and now we're in a whole another chapter. Uh, and I don't think I don't think China's ready. Uh, if, you know what? Why? T- why? You know, the disruption to the economy, uh, they've seen what the Russia's invasion of Ukraine has cost Russia, mm-hmm. uh, short term as well as long term. They've seen actually just how complicated these things can be. Mm-hmm. And you have on top of that the complexities of an amphibious invasion of Taiwan, right? Uh, and that's, I mean, that, that's a whole other layer of complicated. So you know, what what the war games are able to do for the Chinese right now is to conduct live fire drills on the scape, scope scale and locations they've never done before, uh, in in particular on the eastern part of Taiwan out into the Pacific, uh, and so those uh, th- those drills are, are you know providing them much needed ex- experience with joint command operations, um, uh, missile testing um, uh, And so those lessons, they could apply very, very quickly to these offshore, offshore islands. Mm-hmm. The most like, the, the most likely scenario is one we, we think of as a, as a slow suffocation of Taiwan, where, uh, military exercises turn into a blockade. And that's effectively what, what's happening right now is right. Taiwan's blockaded. And that was going to, that was usually perceived to be one of the, uh, you know, uh, first last steps towards military confrontation was a blockade. Mm-hmm. Uh, now they're going to lift it, quote unquote, in, in the next four days when the military exercises are done. The second scenario would be taking uh, Taiwan's offshore, you know, other smaller offshore mm-hmm. islands. Uh, and uh,
2: The Kenmen Islands.
9: Yeah, uh, Jinmen Islands uh, up in the, uh, as well as uh, uh, an area known as Lianghu County, uh, mm-hmm. which are a collection of small islands. And so that that would be very concerning. But again, once they take physical territory from Taiwan, then that's a notice to the rest of us. This is how far they're willing to go right now. They're not going to stop. And the reality is, they're not going to stop. If the U.S. shows weakness, if we back down, if our allies, uh, you know, leave us, uh, if the Quad, uh, you know, falls apart, Australia, India, uh, uh, U.S. and, and Japan. Uh, the Chinese will go, they'll do what they can do. I mean, you know, refer to to uh, Thucydides, the, you know, our chronicles of the Peloponnesian War and the Melian Dialogue when Athens told the Melians, you know, the strong do what the strong do and the weak, you know, basically have to put up with what they have to put up with. Uh, and so in the world of real politics, this is where we're at. This is, this is a, a hegemonic struggle between the U.S. and China. The Chinese will do what we uh, fail to stop them from doing. Uh, and the shoes on the other foot as well it's up to us you know if they do things in the in the Caribbean or off the East Coast or I, or I should say West Coast uh, then it's up to us to do something about it and that's
2: where we're at well, couldn't we say that their Belt and Road Initiative is that
9: well so I mean, it, they're all over Latin America yeah absolutely and in part of that is they're you know in many ways they are just kicking our rear ends when it comes to bids for major uh, national development projects uh, they have no scruples when it comes to corruption and engaging in corruption. They don't have the a version of the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act that we have to to, to abide by. They'll work with dictators and despots. Uh, they turn a blind eye to you know anything that doesn't make them make them money and make them friends. You
1: know it's interesting because I'm just thinking about the fact that. You know, I'm thinking of America during the Cold War, the uh, position of of the Vatican, of Ostpolitik, of uh, of appeasement, détente, of uh, appeasement with the mm-hmm. with the communist. And it feels like we're having a sort of same kind of uh, mentality. where We're having like an appeasement with China and saying, okay, look, we don't want to cause economic disruption, so we're just going to let them do whatever they do. Plus, we get cheap goods, so we kind of like that. Mm-hmm. And what's people have been talking about it kind of reminds me of whenever the whole russia ukraine thing first started and everybody became an expert on ukraine overnight and everybody was talking about okay well this is what's going to happen i understand this is why they're doing this and i feel like this is happening again with taiwan most people are not experts on the history of the disputes between taiwan and china and i certainly am not and so what exactly is the historical nature why should americans care about what's happening in Taiwan? How does it affect Americans? Um, yeah, what's the history here?
9: Well, so as far as why should why should Americans care, <clears throat> um, you know, it's going to depend on, on the things that, that interest you as a person most. Uh, to me, because of, of my friendships, my brothers and sisters in Christ that are in Taiwan, uh, that's first and foremost in my mind, because we've seen what the Chinese communists do to religion of any, of any, any faith. Uh, and I don't want my brothers and sisters living under the yoke of communism, one-party dictatorship. Now, for other people, it might be I like to I like to buy cheap products in uh, you know uh, big big uh, big chain stores. Now, I'm not willing to pay an extra dollar for my Tupperware or whatever the case might be. Uh, for others, it's geopolitical. You know, we you know that that first island chain uh, uh, or first security perimeter for American interests in East Asia stretches from you know the north of japan down to taiwan down to the philippines and if we lose uh, we uh, the, the democratic community of nations loses taiwan then the chinese have open access to the pacific and then guess what there's your next step right they talk about guam all the time right mm-hmm.
2: now that's that's down the, the road the philippines have been harassed by their their fishing fleet for a very long time
9: yeah everybody in the neighborhood has has uh, formal complaints uh, territorial you know uh, violations of uh, exclusive economic zones every one of china's neighbors but you know when china you know bellies up with their, their economic might and their military threat um our friends in the region look to us now why should we care overall let me just say this make it simple If we feel that Taiwan is, that the the preservation of freedom on Taiwan is in our national self interest, right, the world of real politics, then we have to determine to how much, to what extent it is and what we're willing to do to protect that national interest. Uh, Semiconductors, Taiwan is the eighth, uh, seventh, eighth leading trade partner for the United States. Um, they uh, have a, a, a democratic society. They protect religious uh, freedom. Um, there's so much that we that we have in common with Taiwanese as hu- as part of the human family. Um, you know, I could go on.
1: You know, it's interesting. We were talking to Lieutenant Colonel Matt Dooley a few months ago. Whenever there were rumors of and uh, talks about China's getting closer to Japan, and so I mean, this kind of idea of China. Moving in on uh, neighboring con- uh, states, countries—I don't even know what to call them—the territories like Hong Kong. Um, when that happened, so China. What is what is the the background that we need to know about China and their kind of military movements? Because Colonel Dooley made the point that the his concern is that China has a massive male population, and historically speaking, mm-hmm. whenever a population has a surplus of men and uh, way too many men and not enough women they go to war because they need to get rid of some of that excess male population which <laughs> is very cynical but I mean there we go that's a uh, communist nation for you.
9: Well I, 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 I'm i not sure you know it's its an interesting argument I'm, I'm familiar with uh, there's actually some pretty interesting historical studies that would put China into a category of, of uh, expansionist powers uh, but you know uh, I don't blame the Chinese government for wanting to assert its sovereignty, right, to protect its own national interest. I get it. Every country in the world does it. You know, Hong Kong was uh, taken, you know, uh, after the first opium war by the British. It was returned in 97. Macau was taken by the Portuguese, uh, returned to China in 99, I think it was and so taiwan is is one of those remaining historical kind of offenses to to china uh but um, you know the communist parties never governed taiwan not for a single day they've never administered it they never taxed it it was a japanese colony from 1895 to 1945 when china was the republic of china in 1949 because they lost the civil war the republican government Retreated to the island of Taiwan, they never gave up the ghost they retained their title as Republic of China they retained their constitution uh, and so um, uh, my gosh, I just got lost in in my in my own mind. I was going down that rabbit hole you, you have
2: uh, about thirty seconds
9: okay. Uh, And so uh, the United States, you know, retained our diplomatic relationship with the Republic of China and, you know, through 1978. Mm -hmm. So the 23 million people on Taiwan were China uh, as far as diplomatic means goes. 1979, the U.S. switches relations to the People's Republic of China and then puts in place the Taiwan Relations Act, which is an American law that governs our relationship with Mm -hmm. Taiwan. So if your listeners want to understand basically what the parameters of that relation, that unofficial relationship are, just check out the Taiwan Relations mm-hmm. Act, and it'll give you your, your basic guidelines.
2: We're just about out of time here with Dr. Han Stock, and I find it interesting the Chinese military has no actual combat experience. Nope. S- so uh, that would be concerning. I mean, especially looking at the Russia-Ukraine situation, could they even stand up to the American military technologically? Maybe. Actually. I don't know. Uh, We have a lot, unfortunately, a lot of combat experience here. So the other thing is owning the uh, semiconductor market. Can anybody say Huawei and security risks? I wonder what would happen then. At any rate, we're out of time. Dr. Hans Stockton, Associate VP for International Relations and Engagement at the University of St. Thomas. Thank you for your time today and your input. We're grateful to you.
9: Thank you and prayers to our brothers and sisters in Taiwan. All
2: right. God bless you. We are going to go to a break. And if you can join us in the next hour, we're going to share some good news in San Francisco for a change. We'll be right back.
10: Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question. Should pastors and churches place expectations and obligations on the congregation? Your average non-Catholic evangelical would say no, maybe even no way. It might be said, we do not need written order, discipline, or expectations. Those should derive from personal desire and from the Holy Spirit, not from a church. Or, each Christian's conscience should be sufficient for correction and discipline. Or, the Holy Spirit will personally lead each believer as to what church or to attend and certainly how often they should go. So, here's your three best friendships. Of tools for Catholic evangelism. Natural Law says human society cannot be well-ordered nor prosperous unless it has legitimate authority to preserve its own institution. The Bible. Secondly, the Bible, which says in multiple places, such as Hebrews 13, 17, obey them that have the rule over you. And thirdly, the Catholic Church says when we are properly ordered, we will be capable of resisting conformity to the contemporary demands of unhealthy individualism. So obligations, much obliged.
0: Our family has spanned the centuries and the globe. With God's grace, we started hospitals to care for the sick. We established orphanages and help the poor. We are the largest charitable organization on the planet, bringing comfort to those in need. We educate more children than any other institution. We developed the scientific method and founded the college system. We defend the dignity of human life and uphold marriage. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are transformed by sacred scripture and sacred tradition, which have guided us for 2,000 years. We are a Catholic Church. With over 1 billion in our family, sharing in the sacraments and fullness of the Christian faith, Jesus started our church when he said to Peter, the first pope, You are a rock, and upon this rock I will build my church. So if you've been away from the Catholic Church, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. We are Catholic. Welcome home.
2: Are you on the CDT Insider email list? Hi, Joe McLean here. And every week I send you cool stuff straight to your inbox. Goodies that you're not going to want to miss. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT and get signed up today. Hi, I'm Samantha from Presentation Catholic Church. You're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Joe McClain, so good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. Good morning. What do you think uh, there, Rudy, if you China did take over Taiwan. And then they owned the Taiwanese semiconductor market at that point. Which, by the way, I think one of the sanctions they're going to impose on Taiwan is not providing Taiwan, which is a supplier, by the way. It's kind of a weird relationship. Taiwan buys material it needs to make semiconductors from China because China owns most of those mines Hmm. in sub-Saharan Africa. Uh, So they're going to not let them have those materials anymore, apparently. My strategy. Allegedly. My strategy would be mm. to buy up all of the graphics cards I could possibly <laughs> afford
3: right now. Man. And then... Yeah, thanks to your friends at Crypto Mining, all I of was the gamers, not able to get
2: the graphics card I wanted three years ago.
3: All of the addicted gamers would be like, what am I going to do? I'm not going to be able to run my game in ultra settings. Oh, no. And then I come in, and I, I have a trench coat on, and I mm. open their trench coat. And I'm like, which one do you want? NVIDIA? I
2: mean, what would NVIDIA happen uh, if all of the semiconductors in our, in our smartphones in our televisions in our cars all were were made and produced by china communist china they would all be spying on us what then joe oh wait i'm going to i'm going to give a you a hot take
3: now hot take here sorry i think that would be a blessing for all of us how because we wouldn't be so dependent on technology all the time wouldn't be sucked on our phones sucked mm-hmm. in on our phones mm-hmm. sucking our attention mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. Uh, cars wouldn't be spying on us mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. what else is there mm-hmm. uh, mm mm-hmm. mhm could be mm-hmm. a lot of other things, but uh, yeah. right, right. Then we you, wouldn't have to buy a phone every couple of years. Uh, Big deal. You don't like getting new phones every couple of years? No, of course not. What? I keep my phone for at least ten years. The latest and the greatest, my friend. Like I had
2: uh, a the iPhone six. My phone isn't the latest or the greatest, but that's. I okay. think the
3: iPhone six came out in twenty. 20- 15. I had yeah. it all the way up to 2022.
2: Did you really? Yeah. No.
3: It works fine. You making that up? No, it was fine. Well, I replaced the screen several times. Yeah, <laughs> I've
2: done that <laughs> too. But it worked. Oh man, it used to be easier. Like in the first few, like up to iPhone 4, it was this. Replacing the screen was like a five-minute job. super yeah, just whoop, just easy. Two screws, pop it out. I think it was iPhone 5 or 6. They got
1: very complicated. I replaced my screen yeah. by myself with the iPhone 5 many times
3: did you you know why they did that? maybe it was
2: the iPhone 6 that got complicated I forget which one you know why they did that right No.
3: it's because people were making a profit repairing the phones (laughs) Apple didn't like that yeah so they were like let's (laughs) make it hard
2: (laughs) (laughs) well when the screens break you kind of need another one and you don't want to spend a bunch of money to do it which by the way Jay Cook is why I got rid of my Honda Fit
3: because there was too much technology in there (laughs) I don't like
2: that All right, uh, listen, I want to just say a special shout-out to our our good friends over on our CDT Telegram group. Praise be to God, hanging out with us this morning. Luz and Daniel and Clarissa and Nick and Forrest Shannon and Tammy Marbury. Praise be to God. Good morning to you, Damon. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, Jeff Burrier, good trip to EWTN land there, Jeff. I like seeing those pictures. Happy birthday to Sienna and Dominic. Yeah. Oh, yeah, happy birthday. Praise be to God. Thanks um, for sharing
3: this. Photos. Those are I cool. used to
2: make a, uh, lots of trips to Alabama and to EWTN and to the Shrine and Iron- up in Huntsville. Love that place. Praise be to God. Uh, so if you want to comment and hang out with us, uh, you can always do so, not only on the Telegram group, but in the after show. We conversate directly with you uh, in the chat box. And so we, you can determine what we discuss. You can give us your opinions. You can chime in. You can sing hymns if you wish. We're gonna. We may do a karaoke hymn. I have some. <laughs> I have some hymns <laughs> that, <laughs> we're gonna, that we can go. sing. let You got some hymns on standby? Mm-hmm. Some good Marty Hagan or what? What do we got mm-hmm. over there? Definitely not Marty Hagan. No. We got some Tim, Tim Hoss. We got some what's high
1: quality mm-hmm. Dominican themed songs, hymns, Ooh. prayers, well, history lessons. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be great. We're it's gonna talk s- about why yeah. the Feast of Saint Dominic was moved mm-hmm. from August fifth. Mm-hmm. To, mm. August mm. to August 4th to August 8th. Sounds academic. It's going to be great. Yeah. Not academic. So at all.
2: it sounds like we're going to be talking about cars and movies and food in the after show today. That's <laughs> what I heard. <laughs> That's what I heard. But uh, nonetheless, uh, praise be to God. Hey, there is good news. Um, good news. Good news in California, Rudy. Um, well. Well, that's despite the fact hmm. that uh, thousands, potentially millions, of people just like you, Rudy Carlos, have fled California, leaving behind Flor- uh, California to to self-destruct because there are no good people left. Okay, that may not be true. There may be some good people left, but nonetheless, there is good news in California. I don't know if you heard the story. You might have reported it. I don't even know. <laughs> uh, weren't you listening joe apparently i don't listen to gather <laughs> uh, but i'm sharing my desktop there adrian uh, i see uh this headline this morning and i thought this is this is good news san francisco district attorney revokes dozens of plea deals made by woke predecessor cracks down on drug dealers yeah. like this is a city where in broad daylight People drive up to cars, get out, casually yeah. walk, stroll on over, smash windows, steal stuff, and all people do is film it with their phones. Their iPhones and their Taiwanese semiconductors, and they put them <laughs> on the big tech social. Uh, you know, it's platforms. even worse. It's actually sad. People put
3: up their uh, their, <laughs> their their their. Uh, trunk you know like if you have an suv they just crack open the trunk and they just leave leave the windows windows down
0: down.
3: (laughs) some of them put signs on
0: the
2: cars and it says
0: please there's nothing in here
1: because they're replacing
2: that glass like a, a like the the glass on your hatch yeah that's not cheap glass oh no it's not that's expensive glass so it's, it's, it's been a, a
3: rampant problem there. There's a drug problem there, yeah. obviously, and um, there's also videos of people going into Walgreens who famously <laughs> decided that they were going to close several stores in San Francisco because of how much mm-hmm. uh, stock they were, they were getting robbed of. It was just a loss. So people would go in there, and mm-hmm. they knew that um, just the way that the laws were set up, the, mm-hmm. uh, the prosecution... They wouldn't be prosecuted for any of the crimes as long as it was under a certain amount of money. And I don't know what that number is off the top of my head. Yeah. But they would go in, they would just steal a bunch of stuff and walk out. And there's absolutely nothing that anyone could do. And uh, so it was emboldening them. I talked a little bit about this in the previous week's uh,
2: memory Hole. Well, let me read a little of this article here. It says, the San Francisco district attorney who replaced ousted woke DA Chessa Bowden... Not related to the epic, incredible food of Boudin from Louisiana, I'm just saying. Uh, But Chesa Bowden revoked dozens of plea deals given by Bowden. In a news release Wednesday, San Francisco DA Brooke Jenkins announced she had revoked more than 30 plea bargains that Bowden, her far-left predecessor, had offered to drug offenders during this administration. The reversals were part of a broader policy unveiled by Jenkins, which would prohibit drug dealers arrested with more than five grams of drugs from being referred to the city's so-called community. Community Justice Court. It would also impose enhanced charges for dealers arrested within 1,000 feet of a school and potentially seek pretrial detention for fentanyl dealers in extreme cases. Since 2020, nearly 1,500 people have died of drug overdose in part. Because dealers have been allowed to operate with impunity. Jenkins said in the news release, the lethality of fentanyl presents a different challenge. We must immediately change course so that we can save lives and hold people accountable for the havoc they are wrecking or wreaking in our communities like the Tenderloin and South of Market areas of town, I guess. Going forward, defendants holding lethal doses of fentanyl will face felony charges. This is a huge reversal. I mean, in a town where they fully embrace the, the uh, sort of the pride lifestyle, you know, the San Francisco lifestyle is the sort of the figure of speech people use these days to describe <laughs> that. I mean, uh, they, are, they are embracing the full woke. And this has been one of those cases where, like, uh, Ka- Kamala Harris, when she was in charge of the law in California, she, she worked to reverse some of this stuff, you know, prosecuting criminals, drug offenders and uh they act like well you know it's just the 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 law is too heavy-handed to people who who do drugs has been the argument and yet this article gives us examples of uh of it gives one example in particular of a of a criminal who had been processed i don't know many times it, he was told by this low-end community court thing Hey, don't go back into the Tenderloin District. Just, just, just <laughs> don't go back there. He's been arrested five times from there, knowing full well nothing will ever happen to him. Yeah. He'll just rent and repeat this process, and he is selling drugs, this fentanyl stuff, which is killing people. Which, by the way, fentanyl has its origins where? China. China.
3: Or as uh, our great 45th president once said, yeah. China. China. Well, it's funny, it reminds me of, uh, who were we talking with? I think it was Charles Colomb, He says, reality has a way of, of asserting itself. And uh, I think they're finally realizing that these policies that they've created, that uh, uh, maybe they had good intentions. I don't know, I, I question their intentions most of the time. But they, they, they might have thought, well, you know, if we can just give these people some restorative justice, maybe they'll, they'll do better. They're, they're realizing it's not working. It's ruining their cities. Oh, yeah. I mean, Uh, people left in droves from San Francisco. I don't remember the statistic, but it was like pretty close to 10% of the the population. I think it was 6% of the population left in 2020 to 2021.
2: Wow. That's a huge chunk. Yeah. Uh, And then you couple that with uh, inflation, gas prices, the cost of living there is skyrocket. I mean, most people, you'd have to make a massive salary just to own a home there. Yeah, I think most
3: people who live there are maybe in the tech industry, so it's it's impossible to live in San Francisco. Even the football team moved out of there. Which Isn't one was that true? That? The 49ers, Raiders?
2: Didn't the 49ers?
3: Oh, the 49 Yeah, I don't know. I, didn't, I don't. I don't. I don't follow the the sports in California. No. You no. don't sp- follow sports ball. <laughs> I don't follow sports ball, especially not in
2: California. <laughs> uh, the article goes on to talk about a, a review of outstanding drug cases published by the DA's office found that as of July 2022, there are 157 cases involving narcotic sales currently in collaborative courts. Like the San Francisco Community Justice Court, more than half of those cases, 88 in total, involve fentanyl. And 40 defendants in those cases have multiple open drug cases. On top of that, data from the San Francisco Superior Court cited in the release showed that Bowdoin's uh, administration did not obtain a single conviction for dealing fentanyl in the entire year of 2021. Not a single one. Even far left Los Angeles District Attorney. Uh, George Gascon's office obtained convictions in 90 drug cases in 2021. Golly. So even L.A. is prosecuting these at a bigger <laughs> rate than San Francisco. The new policy is Jenkins' latest move to reverse course from Bowdoin's administration. Shortly after assuming her office in July, Jenkins fired 15 of Bowdoin's staffers, including Bowdoin's chief of staff, managing attorney, assistant chief of general crimes, communications director, and policy advisor, Director of Data, Analytics, and Research and Managing Attorney of the Independent Investigations Bureau. Uh, the article goes on to say, Bowdoin was overwhelmingly recalled in June. Fully 60% of San Francisco residents voted to recall the far-left DA who had received support from left-wing billionaire George Soros, one of many across the United States. So here's the question. Is, the, is this hope? Is this Hope on the docket – see what I'm doing there? Docket, legal court thing. Docket (laughs) is hope on the docket for California. Is this a sign of greater, more beautiful, sunshiny days to come in the sunshine state? It's given me hope. I'm going to go back. First of all, is California a sunshine state or is that Florida? I forget. Uh, like, I think Florida is a sunshine state. What's what's California California <laughs> is the golden state. The golden the state. The golden state. It's sunshine on the horizon for the golden
3: state. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go back. It's Are like, you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Finally. San Francisco, here I come. Yeah,
2: right. I would to go there.
3: <laughs> I
2: actually spent time in San Francisco. I went to uh, uh, the Naval Leadership Academy at Treasure Island, which is a tiny little island under a bridge across from Alcatraz back in the 90s. And, uh, and I was enamored by the place, sitting in traffic at 2 o'clock in the morning, thinking, why do people drive around at 2 o'clock in the morning and sit in traffic jams? That's kind of weird. But nonetheless, uh, it's a beautiful place. But... Is it going to turn around? Do you think they're really going to clean up their act? Do you think that they will abandon their woke politics to try to bring back civility to their community? That's the question. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think
3: this is a good first step, but there's mm-hmm. there, there's there got to be some other infrastructure that has to be reinforced if you're going to start prosecuting that many people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the jails, for example, or the uh, the uh, departments that handle uh, rehabilitation and that sort of thing. So. Okay.
2: Well, I would okay. say...
3: It's a good first step. Good first step.
2: Yes. Now, let's rinse and repeat that (laughs) in other communities. They do. Fantastic. (laughs) Houston, let's pray for California. Uh, But what we're going to do instead right now, uh, no, we're going to pray, but we're still going to have a a game show. That's what's coming up next. Fear and trembling. Prizes are involved. Trivia questions to to try to guess at. Uh, You don't have to know those. Answers, You could still win. But what you do have to do is make a phone call. And that phone number for you to call right now is 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. First caller gets to play our game at 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. Call right now.
11: Some friends who are Catholic who say that you don't have to believe everything that the church teaches whether it's in the catechism
10: or not is that true?
4: No it's not true if you want to call yourself Catholic but you want to pick and choose for yourself which of the church's teachings to accept and which to reject you give everyone else who calls themselves Catholic the right to do the same thing For example, you believe women should be priests. In the Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraph 1577, it states only a baptized man validly receives ordination. For this reason, the ordination of women is not possible. You don't believe that? Well, that's fine. I just made this a catechism of your Catholic Church, but not mine. But remember, if you can throw doctrines out, so can everyone else who calls themselves Catholic. That gives Joe Parishner over at St. Doubting Thomas Catholic Church the right to throw out the church's social justice teachings. He doesn't feel like feeding the hungry, caring for the poor, and all that other bleeding heart stuff. Paragraphs 2401 to 2463. I just made this a catechism of his Catholic Church, but not mine. You believe contraception is okay. Paragraph 2370 says contraception is intrinsically evil. Joe parishioner doesn't like what the church teaches on the death penalty. Paragraphs 2364 to 65. You don't like what it teaches on these pages, pages 505 to 508. He doesn't like what it teaches on these other pages here, pages 610 to 615. Can you see what's happening? I heard it said once that there is a shortage of vocations to the priesthood in the United States, but no shortage of vocations to the papacy. If we don't believe in all of it, if we each appoint ourselves pope and throw out a doctrine here or a doctrine there, then our faith is no longer Catholic.
12: A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul.
13: Welcome to another round of Fear Ah! and Trembling, (laughs) the Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance, and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now, your host, Joe McClain. Praise
2: be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show, where we have secrets and agendas. uh, But you just can't tell anybody what I'm about to share with you. All right? It's pretty serious. So, uh, do me a favor and pinky swear to it, okay? All right? Okay, here's here's the first deal. Number 1, we like to teach the faith on the down low, on on the, you know, on the on the secret. You know what I'm saying? We like to teach the faith so you might learn something about your Catholic faith that you didn't know before, and that's a good thing. Praise be to God. It's great. But number 2, we like to laugh. Have a good time crack up, and our callers laugh with us, and we enjoy that probably most. And then, of course, number three, we give out prizes, which is an incentive for you to call, possibly win. It's fun. Everybody wins in the deal, right? So there's sort of the agenda behind the deal. But here's the kicker. We don't ask the caller the questions, so they don't need to know any of the correct answers. They can, in fact, win our game without knowing a single correct answer, and that's because of the three Catholic trivia questions I have, I will instead ask Rudy And Adrian, one of them will give us a correct answer. The other will give us an incorrect answer. The caller will then have 15 seconds to make a decision. Whomst do they trust more, Rudy or Adrian? And every correct answer will then go into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what can they win?
3: Praise be to God. Our sponsor this week is Theology of the Body, which is a very punny name. For, uh, for this this company, teology as in t-shirts, because the winner this week is going to win one of their Blood of the New and Eternal Covenant shirts, which features the chalice of the precious blood of our Lord Jesus. Now just think about it, right? You're you know, walking down the street, looking to the left, looking to the right, and then you pop into your favorite coffee shop, and mm-hmm. somebody's like, hey, that's mm-hmm. cool shirt, what does that mean? And it's an opportunity for you mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. evangelize. Ooh. So if you want to get one for yourself, check out Teology of the Body on Etsy, and their link is teologyofthebody.etsy.com, or connect with them on Twitter, Teology of, Teology of the Body, <laughs> and if you're an Instagram person, follow them at teologyofthebody.shop.
2: Thank you very much, Teology. Yeah, praise be to God. Thank you, Teology of the Body at Etsy. We are very grateful to you. Praise be to God. Let's go to the phones. Good morning to you, Alan. Uh, good morning, Joe, Adrian, and Rudy. Praise be to God. Why do you say my name like hey. Joe? Like what? What's <laughs> going on, Alan? Are you trying to L-G-D. suggest something with the tone, the inflection of uh, the way you say my name this morning?
5: Yes, I have a radio
2: voice. People tell me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Our good friend Alan Mallory from uh, from Houston, Texas. Now, remind me one more time, Alan. Your parish is, uh, is it St. John Biani
5: it is St. John Vianney, and the parish is celebrating uh, the parish day today. I am not going to be at the spaghetti dinner tonight. Oh, no. You, no. Oh, the spaghetti. Don't oh, because I have to work the late shift. i gotta, I got to work the late shift. Bummer. I'm going to miss that spaghetti. Oh. Ah, so
2: sorry to hear, it, my friend. Hey, fascinating fact! Did you know that uh, Saint John Vianney's—I uh, think it was his—missile, his prayer book, his uh, autographed prayer book—is in Minnesota, not in uh, in in France. <laughs> fascinating fact. All right, Alan. I know you know the rules. You know how this game works. Uh, are you ready, sir?
5: Uh, as we say in Spanish, "Estoy listo."
2: Um, I don't know no what that means. But, oh, all right, uh,
5: then. <laughs>
2: <Okay>. <laughs> now, Alan, just, it, just so you know, uh, Brother Rudy is not wearing a tie today, so correlate that information as you see fit. But we will start with Team Rudy. Good morning to you, Team Rudy. Good morning. Praise be to God. And if I was to wear a, a tie today, it would yeah. have been blue. What's Solid happened? blue. Solid blue. That's it. You're not like these uh, modernists who wear pattern, Polyester. pattern ties with a patterned shirt. Oh, like, oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't mind. I don't mind I patterns. You raise these people, like, I don't mind patterns. Uh, you can't have conflicting patterns. I don't, what? I don't, I don't like synthetic
3: fabrics, though. So, oh, I see. You're a fabric. I'm a snob. I'm a traditionalist. I see. Okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, Team Rudy. Can we ask this question here? I suppose you um, could. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Uh, yeah, it's a pretty straightforward question. Why should Catholics be confirmed? Well, that's easy, Joe. Is
3: it? So you can graduate. It's a a a graduation ceremony. Oh, I see. Yeah. Like, woohoo, we're done. Yeah, I got my three sacraments of initiation. I can just go and, you know, do whatever I want.
2: Well, bye. (laughs) Bye. Yeah, okay. So graduation is what you're going to go with. That's your answer. Yeah, okay. Adrian, uh, I I believe, if I'm not mistaken, you have been confirmed. So I'm hoping you can answer this question for Mm. me. But could you tell me, why should Catholics be confirmed? Well,
1: I was uh, confirmed in my faith by Holy Father St. Dominic. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he (laughs) he reaffirmed me in my faith. But no, I mean, despite the fact that it is true to Rudy, uh, most of my friends Mm -hmm. did, in fact, get confirmed, then disappeared. (laughs) Uh, But no, it is actually in order to be strengthened against the dangers to salvation and to be prepared to defend your faith. Uh, that's the answer you're going to go with. Yes, what I'm going just going to go straight on the nose. Pretty casual. Pretty
2: casual. All right. Casual. Well, Alan, is it, as Adrian is suggesting, in order to be strengthened against the dangers to salvation and to be prepared better to, to defend their Catholic faith? Or is it, as Rudy suggests, and it's really just a rite of passage, a, a graduation, if you will, like, high five, you made it, see ya, uh, 15 seconds on the clock, who is right who is wrong? Alan in Houston, what say you?
5: Well I'm going with the guy who's wearing the best looking tie in that studio right now, so it's gotta be Adrian. <laughs> uh, he's <laughs> gotta,
2: gotta be, be.
7: <laughs>
2: My tie looks pretty spiffy, I would say. I mean I like my tie. Of all the, all the ties in the entire studio, yeah. mine's the best. I don't know. That's, is it? It is. Uh, that's, we're going to have to ask that in the after show. The you are correct. It is to strengthen uh, the uh, the Catholic against the dangerous to the faith, to make them a soldier for Christ, praise be to God, to evangelize the world. Uh, you are right. You are in the cup. Let's go with the history question. Some of my favorite questions of all in uh, in the Fear and Trembling game show, we will go with Adrian, who I'm, I I believe you have advanced degrees in in history. Mm, um, mm. I read that on Twitter, I think. Mm, mm-hmm. it must be true. Which king was responsible for officially separating England from the papacy? Ah, yes. Well, Alberto Nocini,
1: as a self-identified PhD Mm -hmm. in monarchy, Mm -hmm. I am well aware of all monarchs in the entire world, in the history of the world. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what getting a PhD does for you. I see. And the king who was responsible for officially separating England from the papacy was not actually a king. This is a a trick question. It was actually Uh Queen Elizabeth.
2: No. No. Yep. Wow, Mm -hmm. mind blown. Yep. All right, okay, Queen Elizabeth, you say. Uh, Let's see what Rudy says. Rudy, uh, can you tell me which king was responsible for officially separating England from the papacy?
3: Okay, if you're on our live feed, press S to spit, because that was King Henry
2: VIII. <laughs> so you don't like the taste of Henry VIII on your in your tongue? Is that what you're saying? You're uh, you get know, it out of your mouth.
3: Whenever somebody's good, you say peace be upon him, but I see. not to King Henry. VIII. Not to not
2: to good old King Henry VIII. Good old separated <laughs> everybody from the right. church. Jolly old King Henry VIII. Okay. The all right, kind of Alan. Uh, the, here's the question: What is uh, who is the uh, official monarch that uh, removed England from Christendom? Was it as Rudy says, King Henry VIII, or as Adrian says, Queen Elizabeth, 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Alan, what say you?
5: Sorry, I just had a vision of when I first tried chewing tobacco. It wasn't good. <laughs> so um, they wrote a song about him uh, by Herman Terman. So I'm <laughs> going to go with uh, Rudy. It is King Henry VIII. Henry VIII. <laughs> Terry
2: says, yes, of course. Uh, Alberto from the UK said it was William the Conqueror in 1066. Interesting. Yikes. Mm. Yikes. Uh, Philip of Spain, no. Mm -mm. Uh, All right. King Henry VIII is the correct answer. Congratulations. You're in for two. Last question. Could be the trickiest today. We'll have to see. Uh, We're going to go back to Brother Rudy for this one. Rudy, can you tell me, which occurs first in the Holy Mass? Is it the Gloria Or the gradual? I'm going to go with. Gloria, sing Gloria. How's it it, it, going?
1: Glory to God, glory to God, God, glory to
2: to God God in in the the highest. highest. Um, Anyway, I'll save that for the after show. We're running out of time. So uh, your answer is the, the Gloria. The Gloria, okay. Yeah. All right. Adrian, uh, without singing it, I guess you could sing <laughs> But could you tell me which occurs first, the Gloria or the Gradual? Well, I would sing it,
1: but the Gradual changes every day. And I don't know what today's Gradual is at <laughs> <after laughs> the top of my head. But the answer is the Gradual, because it gradually comes up later.
2: Uh-huh very
6: uh, very slick there
1: that's why they call it the gradual
2: all right uh, brother alan which occurs first in the holy mass the gloria or the gradual adrian says gradual rudy says gloria 15 seconds to go what say you alan mallory okay
5: okay okay it's a tricky one right here uh, don't ever sing that version of the gloria ever, 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 ever. <laughs> you don't like the my little pony gloria I, i'm gonna say it's the it's it's the gradual no! Come the other way! Oh. Bridget,
2: tricky. Sorry, my friend. It is, in fact, correct answer is the Gloria comes first. But uh, okay. I I knew it was a little tricky. But nonetheless, you're in for two, Alan. God bless you, my friend. Thank you for playing our game. My pony and threw him off. Having a laugh with us. God bless you, brother.
5: Thank you. God bless you guys, too.
2: All right. Praise be to Jesus. That's going to do it for the radio side. If you would like to do karaoke hymn, hymn time you got to tune in for the after show where uh, you might hear us uh, sing a few, uh, few, uh, a few winners from the liturgy. Or we might talk about politics or, the, you know, cars, food, movies, whatever you want to talk about, you drive that conversation at grnonline.com forward slash c-d-t. God bless you. God love you. See you back here tomorrow morning.
0: Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time
6: The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the Chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas.
11: Welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. Today we celebrate the Memorial of St. John Vianney. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio the church is one foundation; is Jesus Christ her Lord? She is His new creation, by water and the Word. From heaven He came and sought her, to be His holy bride. With his own blood he bought her, and for her life he died.
12: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all.
11: And with your spirits.
12: Brothers and sisters, let us call to mind our sins, and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries.
13: Lord, have mercy.
11: Lord, have mercy.
12: Let us pray. Almighty and merciful God, who made the priest, St. John Marie Vianney, wonderful in his pastoral zeal, grant, we pray, that through his intercession and example, we may in charity win brothers and sisters for Christ and attain with them eternal glory. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever.
11: Amen. Amen.
5: A reading from the book of the prophet Jeremiah. The days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. I will not be like the covenant I made with their fathers the day I took them by the hand to lead them forth from the land of Egypt. For they broke my covenant and I had to show myself their master, says the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will place my law within them and write it upon their hearts. I will be their God and they shall be my people. No longer will they have need to teach their friends and relatives how to know the Lord. All from least to greatest Shall know me, says the Lord, for I will forgive their evil doing and remember their sin no more. The Word of the Lord. The Responsorial Psalm. Create a clean heart in me, O God. Create a clean heart in me, O God. A clean heart, create for me, O God, and a steadfast spirit renew within me. Cast me not out from your presence, and your Holy Spirit take not from me. Create a clean heart in me, O God. Give me back the joy of your salvation, and a willing spirit sustain in me. I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners shall return to you. Create a clean heart in me, O God. For you are not pleased with sacrifices. Should I offer a burnt offering, you would not accept it. My sacrifice, O God, is a contrite spirit, a heart contrite and humbled. O God, you will not spurn. Create a clean heart in me,
12: O God.
11: Alleluia. Hallelujah! Alleluia, Alleluia,
7: Alleluia,
11: Alleluia, Alleluia, You are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of another world shall not prevail against it. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia.
12: The Lord be with you.
11: And with your spirit.
12: A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew.
11: Glory Glory to you, O Lord.
12: Jesus went into the region of Caesarea Philippi, and he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter said in reply, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said to him in reply, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my heavenly Father. And so I say to you, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of the nether world shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he strictly ordered his disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. From that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer greatly from the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed and on the third day be raised. Then Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. God forbid, Lord, no such thing shall ever happen to you. He turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an obstacle to me. You are not thinking as God does, but as human beings do. The Gospel of the Lord.
11: Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ.
12: This morning's Gospel, we see uh, Peter making this extraordinary claim of faith to pronounce Jesus to be the Christ, the Son of the living God, that Jesus then praises Peter and says, flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. One of the high points of Peter's life and discipleship of Jesus, really, in that moment that we have recorded for all eternity. And then, just a paragraph later, in our same gospel this morning, we have Jesus, in effect, calling Peter Satan, or saying, get behind me, Satan. When Peter refuses to acknowledge or receive the plan of Jesus that he must go to be turned over to men to suffer greatly and ultimately to be crucified on our behalf. I think to understand better where Peter is coming from and where Jesus' rebuke of Peter is coming from with those sharp words, get behind me, Satan, it really takes us back to the temptation of Jesus in the desert. And in particular when we think of the third temptation of Jesus in the desert, Satan takes Jesus up to a high mountain. He shows him all of the kingdoms of the world and he says, if you bow down and prostrate yourself before me. All of these kingdoms of the world I will give to you. And Jesus says to Satan, away from me, Satan. Worship the Lord your God and serve him alone. In a way, what Jesus is acknowledging, of course, in that moment is he has not come to be a earthly ruler or an earthly king who is trying to control the world the way other kings and monarchs would do. But rather, the plan of God, precisely, is that Jesus is going to come and, out of love, lay down his life as a free gift in order to atone us from our sins. He's not going to come to rule by power, force, and might, but rather, he's coming to rule by service and a self-sacrificing love. And this, ultimately, was the message that all the apostles had to learn, and Peter in particular. When Peter denies immediately this plan of Jesus to be turned over to men, he's really saying, in my vision of what the Messiah is going to be, I want him to be a mighty earthly king who's going to subdue all peoples under him through power and through might. He hadn't yet learned the lesson that in the economy of God, power and strength don't come from a show of physical force, but rather, again, from this notion of self-sacrificing love. I think for all of us in our life, we are constantly torn between the tensions of this world and the economy of this world and the economy of God. And we constantly need to be reminded that we're called to serve rather than try to control other people. We're called to prefer redemptive suffering over the triumphs of physical force. And we're constantly called to prefer humility over pride and over being right for the sake of justifying ourselves. It's always a challenge to choose these things, but it is the way and path of our Savior. This morning, we are also celebrating the great memorial of Saint John Marie Vianney, the patron saint of priests. And Saint John Marie Vianney really follows in this exact line and pattern of the economy of God. Uh, He was someone who came from an uneducated background, He felt called to be a priest, but didn't necessarily have the education for it. He had all sorts of trouble with the French Revolution going on at the time. He couldn't pass his Latin studies very well. He wasn't necessarily, from a worldly perspective, a shining star who was destined to do great things for the church based on his intellectual capacity. And yet, once ordained a priest, he went to the small country village of Ars and there would hear between 11 to 16 hours of confessions every single day of his priesthood and became one of the greatest saints of our time and is in fact now the patron saint of priests. But the same notion, it isn't found in the worldly economy and values of being a bright shining star, but it was really his capacity to serve, his willingness to serve, and his willingness to be Jesus for other people. And so my brothers and sisters, as we go forward today, let us ask God for the grace that we too would heed this message of Jesus and of the economy of God, that we would always prefer uh, serving others to controlling them, that we would be willing to redemptively suffer over feeling the triumph of physical force, and that we would always choose humility over pride and through the prayers of St. John Marie Vianney that we would always be willing to facilitate an encounter with Jesus for other people. Amen. Trusting in our Father's love and mercy, let us bring our petitions before him. We pray for our Holy Father, Pope Francis, for all bishops, for their physical and spiritual needs. We pray to the Lord.
11: Lord, hear our prayer.
12: We pray for government leaders that they would be inspired by the wisdom and counsel of the Holy Spirit to enact laws which protect human life at every phase, especially for the unborn, and laws which would always acknowledge and respect the natural law of God. We pray to the Lord.
11: Lord, hear our prayer.
12: We pray for the sick and the suffering, that they would be given consolation in their faith and experience the healing touch of Jesus Christ. We pray to the Lord.
11: Lord, hear our prayer.
12: We pray for our family, friends, benefactors, for all those who have asked for our prayers, for those joining us online and through Guadalupe Radio Media, and for all those enrolled in the Salt Mass Association. We pray to the Lord.
11: Lord, hear our prayer.
12: And for those intentions that we hold in our heart, we pray to the Lord.
11: Lord, hear our prayer.
12: Merciful Father, we thank you for hearing our petitions and granting our prayers through Christ our Lord.
11: Amen. Praise to the Lord, the Almighty, the King of creation. O my soul, praise him, for he is thy health and salvation. Join the great psaltery organ and song sounding in glad adoration. Praise to the Lord who o'er all things so wondrously reigneth. Who as on wings of an eagle up. Lift it, sustain it. Hast thou not seen all that is needful hath been granted in what he ordaineth?
12: Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God the Almighty Father.
11: May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and good of all his holy church.
12: Receive, O Lord, we pray, the offerings placed on your altar in commemoration of Blessed John Marie Vianney, so that as you brought him glory, you may, through these sacred mysteries, grant to us your pardon, through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you.
13: Lord, Holy Father, almighty and eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For as on the festival of St. John Marie Vianney, you bid your church rejoice. So too you strengthen her by the example of his holy life. Teach her by his words of preaching and keep her safe in answer to his prayers and so with the company of angels and saints we sing the hymn of your praise as without a hand we he acclaim
11: sanctus 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 dominus
7: deus Gloria Tua. Hosanna in excelsis.
4: Benedictus. Quivenit in
7: nomine domini. Hosanna in excelsis.
12: You are indeed holy, O oh Lord, the fount of all holiness. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the blessed apostles and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him,
13: O God, almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. Preceptus salutare bis moniti e divina institutione formati audemus indicere Pater <Spanish> Quies in celis, sanctificetur nomen
7: adveniat regnum fiat voluntas tua,
4: sicud in celo
7: ed in terra. Panem nostrum coditianum, da nobis et dimite nobis debita nostra,
13: sicud et nos debitoribus nostris, et ne nos
7: inducas in tentationem,
11: sed
13: liberanos amalo. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days
7: Are you stayi We to this ekata mundi Me sarvare noobis Are you stayi We mundi dona
11: O Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldst come to me. But speak the word of comfort. My spirit healed shall be and humbly I'll receive thee the bridegroom of my soul. No more thy sin to grieve Thee or fly Thy sweet control. Eternal Holy Spirit, unworthy though I be, Prepare me to receive Him and trust the Word to me. Increase my faith, dear Jesus, in Thy real presence here and make me feel most deeply out to me heart's
12: oh, the Let us pray. May partaking at the heavenly table almighty God confirm and increase strength from on high in all who celebrate the feast day of Blessed John Marie Vianni, that we may preserve in integrity the gift of faith and walk in the path of salvation you trace for us through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you.
11: And with your spirit.
12: May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord.
11: Thanks be to God. Salve Regina,
12: Mata
11: Misericordiae, Vita Do, Nostra Salve. Ate clamamus, exiles filii habe, ate sus spiramus, gemmentes et flantes, in ac lacrimadum valle, e ha herco, ad
7: I peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen.
12: Transmitting the treasures of our Catholic faith to your radio every day. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul.
3: Hi, I'm Kaden from St. Rosalima Parish. You're listening-